Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, radio hotter. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry about the uh, um, technical goodies. Radio hotter. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. G'day viewers and welcome to another Wednesday afternoon show of Radio Hotlap here in sunny Norwood, South Australia in Adelaide. It's a gorgeous afternoon sitting in the backyard here. I've got all the regular uh, well, co-hosts here. JP, how are you mate today? I'm very well, thank you Johnny. And uh, g'day viewers. Rusty Sausage, how you doing? Rust's here, yep. Hey Rust. Hanging around with the anticipation of a big ribeye bone later on. <laughs> Barbie time. And uh, with us we've got a uh, special guest today, uh, he's a bit of a motorsport, uh, uh, I wouldn't say fanatic, but yeah. No, most of my racing's in the suburbs. <laughs> he's a true, honest motorsport uh, enthusiast, Kim Rogers from AV Central, welcome. Thank you for inviting me on. How you going Kim? Pretty good, thanks. Good, good to see you. Thought we'd have a bit of a bit more of a bit of a techie show this this week because Kimmel's going to be telling us about some interesting stuff that he's actually had a, had a bit of involvement with with some of his technology of sort of flowing into motorsport. So uh, he thought it was um, a good idea to do it. Wrapping up uh, the last week, let's just have a little bit of a look. I mean, you'd, you'd, you'd have to have been asleep if you didn't realise that uh, that the bridesmaid finally won the V8 Supercar Championship and. Uh, Mate, uh, he can he can draw he can do a pretty good donut, can't he? Hanging out the car. He can. I mean, that was uh, the most startling uh, picture that you saw on the weekend. Is the old Russell hanging out the car with his foot on the accelerator? Did a lot better than that guy in the Arab video. I don't know if you've ever seen that one, but uh, what do you mean? Ran yeah. himself over. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's an internet thing. <laughs> but uh, no, it's uh, Rusty's done well. I mean, at 41 years of age, he's finally come good. No, I think it's a very popular victory, and um, I, it, look, it really was like the Utes a couple of weeks ago in Simmons Plains. It really, uh, it ended up coming. You, you couldn't have planned for a better weekend. It, it you know, one mistake, oh, and he, he would have been out, out yeah. and 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 there was Ellery playing rear gunner, and you mm. know, it could have gone all a bit pear shaped. But uh, I think that that's pretty happy, and um, and uh, Brett Murray, Crusher, the, the boss of Band Media, was uh, there was a big grin on his face. You need a widescreen to see that grin. <laughs> you need a widescreen to see Crusher. <laughs> now I saw him come up and give Russell the big bear hug when he pulled back into the pits. So uh, no, top weekend, and uh, yeah, well done to Russell for that. I think it was uh, well well deserved and timely. His time finally arrived. You know, I wasn't really going to go into the, the supercar stuff, but we, we've got a new listener this weekend from, would you believe it, Greenland of all places. So I thought, well, I, mean, I don't think there's any very supercar stuff going over there. I don't know how they're finding out about it. So, well, we'll just tell you that I don't know what Greenland's like, but... Um, Greenland's cold. Well, so is uh, Phillip Island um, in uh, I think lower Greenland's than actually north. cold than Iceland, isn't it? Yeah. It's further north. Hmm. Kim would know, because he's Canadian sort of what, like what, neck what's, of the dog. What's yet? the capital of Greenland? Hmm. Uh... <laughs> Come back and play tomorrow night. Green Town. I'm not sure. Green Town. <laughs> Reykjavik. Reykjavik. No, that's Iceland. Iceland. That's Iceland. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Man, that's a good question. Well, before we get on to the show, I think it's all important that we uh, do our regular beer session. Well, I think we should. Wait, uh, 
what have we got here, Johnny? You've, uh, you've splashed out and leaned on Glenn Cooper again. <laughs> I didn't lean on him too much because <laughs> Lion Nathan's leaning on him a bit. But uh, I thought I'd uh, I'd get a couple of um, cheers, Budweisers. Cheers, Kim. Yes, cheers. Uh, not quite the sound with a glass of white, but what sort of white are you having? Um, this one's uh, Adelaide Plains um, La Bionda. It's a Columbard. It's very Adelaide, isn't it? Very good wine. Yes, it's a uh, lovely uh, wine, and as you can hear, their Ruster agreed in the background. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, uh, why are we having a Budweiser? Well, it, there is a Cooper's connection. Did we actually say that we were having a Budweiser? Yeah. Or we did everybody a... just presume because I mentioned Glen Cooper we were having a Cooper's? Oh, well, maybe we screwed up. <laughs> but we're we, a Budweiser. Uh, we, um, yeah, we're having a Budweiser here on Radio Hot Lap, and um, uh, that's because uh, the Glen brings the stuff in. They have their, we've talked about this before, that distribution networks of yep. premium beverages, and it's a, and I've had a great time up the Gold Coast with him, uh, drinking all these, and they were just absolutely deluxe. And uh, I did actually try to get some Coronas, but they were out of Coronas till next week. I said, I don't want excuses, I want beers, we've got to show them. Well, I don't reckon the butt's too bad. If it's nice and cold, which, this, which these are, I must say you've chilled them now very, not very well, it's always a bit of a, you know, for an Aussie beer drinker, it's a bit... Oh, a bit sort of nebulous, a bit, you know, wishy-washy maybe, but uh, if they're cold enough and you haven't had a beer prior to having your first Budweiser, I reckon they work okay. Hopefully uh, Rodney Tink from Motel is going to come and join us a little bit later on. If he doesn't, we'll pay out on him. Um, he, he said, look, mate, I'm having a bit of trouble getting there. I, I've got so much on. And I said, well, Rod, like, you know, you did sort of say you were going to be here. And then I just spoke to him, and there he is down at uh, Glenelg at the marina in the six-star penthouse looking out the window, and he's gone, these are really oh, large, like uh, a, a BFO Riviera out there. Mm, and he says, I'm, I'm waiting for sale. And uh, he's waiting for someone to come and look. Do you guys know much about boats? Well, I know Riviera is about as expensive as they get. Um, there's, there's one, there's, uh, and I was down at Holfast Shores on Sunday, and um, I, I know the one that he's looking at because there are two identical Rivieras parked side by side, and one of them's got a for sale sign on. There's um, <laughs> not much change out of 400,000 on one of those. <laughs> I said to him, you better get down here because I want to hit you up on some stuff. Well, that's right, and there's no money in oil. No. So, you know. Lubricity, even. Well, that's right. Um, a customer of mine has one of those Flybridge Rivieras that's moored down there at the marina. And he went to KI and back for the weekend last week. Uh, cost $1,100 for fuel yeah, for a weekend, uh, a weekend jaunt. Is, is, that, is, it like, is it a fishing boat or is it a, like a big speed James Bondy sort of thing? Yeah, no, more of a James Bondy yeah, kind James of thing. James Bondy oriented. Yeah, kind of a luxury one because uh, they're, they're fast, but it's not a big, big, speed big, boat. Big, big nose. Yeah, mm. yes, yeah, a lot of nose. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, very deluxe inside. I remember this customer bought a plasma and a Bose sound system for his, and he specifically wanted it in white to match the leather interior because it was all <laughs> white leather. <laughs> you can't see the coke on the white leather. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, look, I, why don't I just let you uh, tell us about what you do, Kim, because you, you've got a bit of an interesting role and, 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 and certainly a role that, that there aren't many people <coughs> doing the same in Adelaide. No, probably not. Uh, Probably not big enough town for too many of us, but um, I. Um, Kim, thankfully. Oh, just before you go, yeah. before no, before you don't go, I've, we've just got to say goodbye to, bye to Rail. He's oh, done off again. He's yeah. done. He's always off as soon as we start the show. But what he a is. good job you've done this week. He's very shy, but he's just finished his computer masters with a distinction. Congratulations! Oh, well done, Rail. Thanks a lot. 
Okay. Good on you, mate. See you, Rail. Off to the uni bar again. I'll probably see you about two tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, Sorry, I'm curious how a guy from India is called Rail. But um, anyway, what I do is um, uh, we have a dealership that uh, supplies Sony broadcast and professional equipment. So we sell equipment to uh, filmmakers, television stations, um, anyone who wants to make films, I guess. Um, and some of that is pretty diverse, uh, which is why I'm here, I guess, because we get people wanting to do videos on uh, motocross bikes, in race cars, um, parachuting, all kinds of things. So it's not just uh, normal documentary stuff. It's uh, um, pretty varied. Well, you share one of the uh, uh, one attribute with uh, with my co-host uh, JP over here is that you are also, oh, a, also a, a professional Apple dealer, that's more, more right. in the in the solution space, no doubt. That's true, and probably uh, more than ninety percent of the editing systems in town, including uh, all the national broadcasters, edit on Apple. So that's why we have that equipment as well. well why is it that people choose Apple to to, to do video editing these days? Um, it does what you expect. Um, it's reliable. Um, it's fast. Um, we, we do have a, some Windows edit suites, and we sell them if we have to. Um, but um, when they do oh, go, actually, Dean would be pleased to hear that. When they do go wrong, um, they tend to give you messages that no one can understand, uh, and they're quite a bit more work to fine tune and get running again after a major crash. So. Apple seems to be, if it does go wrong, you restart it and it works again, so uh, we like them. And do you think that Apple have uh, have done themselves a favour? I mean, I know that you've been around long enough to see the transition from your, your, your traditional edit suites, uh, you know, the, the real high-end stuff that's uh, company-specific or whatever, mm. um, and the way that they worked, and then the transition into things like Final Cut and all of those, you know, all the Apple-type mm. gear... Were they clever in the way that they, you know, seamlessly gave those people the opportunity to shift across? Yeah, absolutely. They, they did. They made it quite affordable. Um, but probably the smartest thing was that they made the code for their software available to anyone who wanted to develop on it. So if you were buying another editing system from, uh, I don't know if I should mention names, but um, Avid or Media 100 or whatever, you could only run it with their hardware, which was quite expensive. Yeah, well, I remember selling a couple of Media 100 systems, and it was very expensive. And if you wanted to upgrade, you could only upgrade through them, and yeah. that was very expensive as well. So with Apple, they wrote the source code so that people could develop on it, and you could buy a moderately priced um, capture board to bring in high-end broadcast video formats, um, and Final Cut Pro would just see it as a, a, a device that you could bring video in. Uh, same with the audio side, you can buy cards and mixers and all kinds of things. So it's non-proprietary, I guess, is the is the key word. I can see that uh, we have a diplomat here in our, our midst, and um, a, a couple more wines, and he'll start to, to tell the real truth, <laughs> and won't be so uh, won't be so uh, pro heathen boxes. We'll, we'll, we'll be moving on to the just bagging the crap out of them. But anyway, that, that, that's great. So uh, we've been having a bit of a chat about like, where do we go with the, the new the 2006 V8 Ute series where we're going to put cameras in the car. And I, we, we talked about this uh, on, on a previous show, but now we're, we're getting down to tin tacks about 
what are we going to do? I mm. suppose, uh, where do we start, man? And especially from the from the lens point of view, because really, if you start with the wrong input, the rest mm. doesn't matter, does it? Yeah, there's mm. there's a number of ways people go about it. I guess at a real basic level, is you buy a handy camp and you bolt it onto a clamp, and you put a tape in, you hit record, and off you go. Um, it works. They're not particularly good with vibration. Um, they're a bit bulkier, especially in a ute. Um, not quite as flexible in terms of how you mount them. So uh, we've got a guy, actually, a customer who's doing a, a car show for Channel 9 that goes on here in December where they've mounted various different types of cameras in cars to get different perspectives um, from a driver's point of view. Um, the small, commonly called lipstick cameras, but they're more like a cigar than a lipstick, but um, <laughs> something tiny that you can put on a bracket, uh, put a suction cap on a, a window or a clamp and in a race car bolted onto a, a roll cage. Um, and you can get quite amazing pictures out of a very small camera for not a lot of money. Well, it's. I think that's that, that's that's surprising for a lot of people because I I've always thought that you needed a large piece of glass to be able to get a decent picture out of. But then I'm starting to see some of the the, the shots that are coming out of like mobile phones, and mm. you know they're 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 virtually the same size. You know, so obviously you don't need really. You mm. know, uh, we, if we're not printing the stuff, we're only doing what? How many lines of pixels of resolution? Well, PAL television. Um, by its standard is 625 lines. High definition is much more, 1080. But some of the little cameras are around 500 lines, so it's uh, it almost hits the maximum capability of normal PAL TV. Um, and but if I, we were to open up a, a, an image, a still a, one one frame in in Photoshop, how many pixels would we get horizontally and vertically? Oh, okay. Well, if it's from a still camera, I or, mean, it would or be, we just took one shot off the video a camera that would go in a, a race a screen car. Grab. Okay, if it's for video, the default standard is seven twenty by five seven six lines. So, so we So if it's gonna end up on video that's what it that's what its frame size is. And it doesn't matter what the enlargement factor is? No. It always comes back to seven twenty by five seven six. Oh, that's right. the power So uh, it, doing my maths here, that's only 414,000 yeah. pixels. So yeah. that's like half a megapixel camera. Yeah. So, you know, that, that really puts it into perspective that, that the, really the, the video cameras are not really that high resolution. But because it's such a dynamic mm. image, I suppose, it's not, that, that's the reason why people don't study it so well. No. no I, I think the key thing, though, when you're talking about filmmaking, whether it's a documentary or drama or whatever, they... Directors will always say that content is uh, is the key. So, if the content of what the viewers are looking at is something they really want to watch, um, image quality can be secondary. So, if it's not pristine, high definition, hundred thousand dollar camera, uh, it doesn't so much matter if you're getting uh, a view on your screen that you normally wouldn't see. And that's what's so clever with in-car cameras um, is that you're getting a view you'd normally never be able to get so um, you, you were having a chat uh, yesterday you were telling me to the uh, the 10 motorsport guys how do they do that stuff um well they actually run little tiny pencil size or cigar size cameras in car um they record it to uh, a very small portable hard disk rather than tape 
Um, and the interesting thing that has been a, a challenge for people is that Australia went high definition widescreen in 2000, which means we're 16 by 9 format, not 4 by 3. But there are no 16 by 9 little cigar sized cameras on the market by any manufacturer. So the dilemma they were faced with is that they have to shoot in 4 by 3 but what happens when they play it back on a widescreen TV? You either stretch the image when you're watching it or they have to convert it. So what they actually do is record it in the normal 4 by 3 mode until widescreen tiny cameras come out and there are devices on the market they're not cheap but they work really well called um, arcs or aspect ratio converters mm -hmm. and you send a 4 by 3 picture into it and it converts the signal and adapts the pixels to fill a widescreen 16 by 9 image but they actually do it's an interpolation it, process, it is. isn't it? It's not. A, it's still taking a standard amount mm. of data, and 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 much like the old scanning technologies That's where they did like, well, yeah, well, like, like three three plus one yeah. divided by two. Mm. Yeah. So they actually do an interim one, which is a lot of stuff we see on air here, is actually um, fourteen by nine, not sixteen by nine. Oh, okay. So the distortion or stretch you get on the image isn't as noticeable, and you get a slight. Uh, border on the top and bottom of the screen. Sorry, this is hard with no video because I'm using hands here. But um, but so that's, a, that, that's, a, that's the magic of radio. <laughs> that's right. Just so, concentrate. And we so, never edit. So you get that's a slightly right, cropped image from top and bottom, but on a widescreen TV, it looks quite normal. Um, and it's difficult to notice on most scenes, um, and particularly in a, in a race car, uh, you're seeing a windshield, a driver, the dashboard... Um, the conversion from 4.3 to 16 by 9 looks more than acceptable and that's what most of us are seeing on television when you're going to in-car uh, race car shots is so, they're, they're aspect ratio converted. And so will, will these arc boxes that you're mm. referring to, will they be at the track? I mean, like, so like the, the feed comes straight in uh, to yep. the producer at the track in, yep. in the little, you know, in the little caravan. In the OB or outside yep, broadcast outside, van. Yep. And they go into that, back out of that, and out to air. Right, and so the guy who's actually deciding, like the producer or whatever, who's deciding what shots to pick and everything else, yep. does he view the footage after it's been converted or is, it's, it's obviously a hardware thing it's not it couldn't be a software thing it'd take too long they get both they get right. a raw view on a preview monitor and then they get a post converted view um, to see what it's actually going to look like going out to air which right. is their uh, main master monitor okay so that's yeah. really the one that they refer to the yeah right. yeah gotcha. um, have a bit of that uh, to Excellent salsa I got up the road there from Joel. I mean, he's a he's he's got the, the best chili shop up there in the parade. It's just made this, yeah, Johnny. I'm disappointed <coughs> now. Actually, um, be Have careful because the nice. ashtrays in the same bowl and it's right next door. No, no, that's <laughs> okay, Kim. I won't uh, eat one of your cigar butts. It must have been those <laughs> cigarette smokers mm. from last week. <laughs> Actually, if you want to see or want to get more info on that, there's a really good website called 16by9inc.com. Oh, it's right. um. The 16 and the little double dots, I don't know what you call that. Symbol. Colon. Okay. 16 yeah. colon. Uh, uh, sorry, wait, go back. Is it, uh, hold on, let me write it down here. It can be colon or it can be time symbol. Right. 16 by 9 inkcom Right. Um, 
and that's a website dedicated to telling you everything you'd want to know about widescreen formats and conversion and it's got links to everywhere it's very good look i i would imagine that um without getting off the track of of, of cameras in race cars and stuff like that and we, we've been formulating some stuff which we'll be putting forward to the v8 board mm. about how we're going to what we're going to do there next year because we will be definitely doing cameras mm. um just the whole issue of buying you know flat panel tvs and stuff like that it it it, it yeah, just, just it becomes what, what, what does 1080i mean and is it really high definition and i understand mm. From what I'm learning is that really the like the the, L, the LCD or the plasma panels are actually only a quarter resolution of what true HD are. Well, true HD, which is film standard, is 1920 pixels by 1080. Yeah, by 1080 pixels high. So, yeah, so one frame of film. That's what if you scanned it. That's what it is. Is 1920 by so, 1080. So there, there, there are. Other, other than Apple, there wouldn't be very many, like that, like their 30-inch no. screen. There's virtually nothing around that shows this. So no. so where is all this marketing going in terms of, are they all well, fibbing, the, fibbing the public? Plasma is actually being phased out by most manufacturers. A lot yep. of people won't want to hear that, but uh, Sony have actually um, stopped production on a couple of their uh, main production lines in Japan, and they're moving to LCD. Good. They can actually get higher res, cost less, uh, there's a lot of benefits to going LCD, but the so. public have been, but been misled, haven't they? Oh, there's a lot of people. Uh, BFO yeah, not 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 not, not in the professional space, we'll but in the, in the in the like the, the Harvey Normans, the OK service, whatever. Yeah. But you know, like in in that in in, in consumer land. I know. I, I just and, and like I bought that Acer thing when you know, which is two thousand dollars, and I think it's thirteen sixty yeah. by seven sixty eight. It's great, but yeah, but it's. It's another non-native resolution. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, We've been fibbed at. <laughs> he doesn't want to say. There's it, another but. generation coming out in the new year, January, February, which will be higher spec than anything we've had before, and that will be doing true native 1080i or thousand. The i is interlaced frames because every frame of video is an odd and an even field of vision. So one scan line goes left to right of the screen, the other one goes back the other way. Does interlacing apply when you have LCD and, and actual dots? No, it actually doesn't. Uh, once it hits that screen, it's progressive scan. So you don't get... Um, Much like a computer monitor or yeah. on a Macintosh, they are do non-interlacing. The PCs are interlaced monitors, yes. I understand. Um, well, they had been. Had been, yeah. So um, there is more... There is more to come pretty soon. And also high definition DVD recording. So everyone that bought a, a DVD recorder, um, they're about to be obsoleted. Uh, the new generation comes out in the new year, which is capable of recording 1,080 lines. Everything we've got, um, about 500 lines is the max you can get to disc. And what about like your handy cams and your, your, your video cameras? And what, what um, is, does anybody actually do um, the correct format of those or is that a compromise as well okay um, and i'm just looking at this like absolutely beautiful sony hdv uh but the device that you've <laughs> oh, got there which I'm is, which is abs- very very lovely i'm glad you asked i'm just going to my briefcase yeah well, so i was just i was just <laughs> dissing up <laughs> i'm on to his mobile but he's just remembered to bring it out <laughs> here it is oh no this looks a bit deluxe this is a well what have we got <laughs> this is a little tiny um, Sony HC1, which is a domestic 
high definition camcorder which does record 1080 lines. Is this what we call high def? Yes. What it's does HDV stand for? High definition video. Right. So <laughs> well, it's high def then. <laughs> it is compromised but only slightly. Um, when I was saying that um, full high def that you'd get from a uh, $100,000 broadcast high def camera is 1920 by 1080 lines horizontal res, this format is 1440 by 1080. Right. So they're just not scanning the um, vertical lines at the same rate uh, that a, a full bore camera would. But these things only cost, well that one's $2,500. So they're pretty amazing for... Uh, and that, is that a single CCD or is that three CCD? That was a single. Three CCD one's about $6,000. What, what's the advantage of having three CCD over one? Um, the gap is getting smaller because that's a three megapixel single CCD. So uh, like the, the physical piece of the CCD, the physical yeah. CCD is quite large. It's, a, it's only a one-third inch, but there's three million pixels packed onto there. So My understanding with digital cameras are that the sm or the greater density of pixels on the piece of silicon, the harder the lens must work. Yeah, that's true. And Sony, um, to mention one company, but others have been doing it, they bought into a company, in fact they bought most of it, um, about two years ago, Carl Zeiss out of Germany. And Zeiss Optics have been famous for... SLR lenses yep. and you'll notice that one has a little Carl Zeiss logo on the front so the optics in this thing is much better than a, a normal handy cam. No, it's a, it's 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 definitely a, a, a good little little camera. It feels feels comfortable in my hand. I'm going to just pass it over to I you mean, JP right. and tell me what you think of it. For motorsport that would be an alternative for someone who wanted to get proper 16 by 9 in something compact and um, Put it onto a mounting arm or a uh, one of the Manfrotto suction mounts that stick onto the side of a, a window or a wherever. Yep, yep. Um, that could do it because it's smaller and lighter enough. Light enough. It's, oh, it's certainly very light. It's for about. The, for what's packed into it, and you can imagine that there's a fair bit of weight just in the lens. It's about it's, 600 uh, grams. Oh, you've brought a smaller one out. Unique. Well, I've, yes. My my friend Marcus Akanovic um, has uh, bought this to put in his race car. It's. Uh, yep. We talked about this earlier in a JVC. few shows. It's a, you know a bit Averia. about this. Yes. It's a JVC hard disk-based camera. Now, being hard disk-based, that obviously takes any of the issues of jitter. Yeah. Is that right? It is, it's extremely light. Although, and, and car racers go, the lighter the better. Yes, true. Um, although jitter, these use um, uh, an optical stabiliser in the lens. Um, tape is not... I mean, if the camera's mounted properly on a shock mount, uh, it isn't an issue, but certainly the hard disk is a good way to go as well. I guess the only issue some people have with these is that you record it, it's all on the hard disk, you can dump it to your computer, but if you want to keep a copy and put it on the shelf or in a cupboard and look at it again years later, you need to get it onto something else. So typically they dub it back to tape. Well, I hear you, and that little beast there has been a nightmare in terms of extracting the MPEG-2 component. Mm. from it, well rather of the MPEG-2 content and I found that I had to go out and buy the MPEG-2 extraction component from Apple for $39 which is only mm. minimal and I wonder why, why did Apple suddenly leave that bit out of QuickTime? Yeah. 
you know, know, when they've got like you know sixty eight thousand other formats that are supporting that you're never going to want to talk about. Mm. Why is it with obviously some money well, making exercises? Yeah, they're pushing the H two six four codec, yes. which is phenomenal. Best but, you can get, but, really. but the H two six four, what what that is a different codec to MP two. I know. It's a variation. But but it's how oh I see. Okay. It's been so, widely adopted though. I mean Apple likes to tell everybody it's been widely adopted. Yeah, it has been and it will probably get more so because the results have been really good. So then the question is, can you buy a camera which compresses in H.264 as opposed to MPEG-2 and then I don't have to do that? And I can just plug straight into iMovie because iMovie goes, huh, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I know. Um, these, typically, they like you to use their software. That oh, and they bundle with stuff. it and it's Windows only. So It's ugly. Mm. No, there, there isn't. I think ugly Windows. <laughs> you reckon there's a Mac version? Oh, no, I, 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 no I, I, I'm... Mm. I'm there was, I mean, it mounts up on the desktop mm. as a hard drive, but uh, you know, like you know, fifteen. So nice little camera, although mine's bigger than yours. <laughs> um, this is a boys-only show, listeners. <laughs> That's right. Now, um, yeah, where we're going with this? Talking well, about I just was wondering. You know, I think we're sort of going. Well, what, what does the average person want to put? You know, if they want it. They want to go and um, you know, put a camera in their in their car. And we certainly saw everybody just about at Classic Adelaide wanted to put oh, a camera every in their man car. His dog had a camera box yeah. for the roll cage. For, for, sure. for the Utes, the important thing, or for a series, you got a, like we have two issues that we want to have spectacular footage, mm. but we also have a judicial process where we need to get get that material out, and it's important for the editing company to be able to plug into it quickly and extract that information. Yeah. How do they extract quickly from it? Okay, if you go to a hard disk recording system, that means all the video sitting there as a file. So you could plug a laptop in, as it would be a good example, plug it into the unit, it would see that hard drive just like a flash card or uh, a USB thumb drive or whatever, sees those files and you just drag them into the laptop and you've got all the vision off that um, so card. Whereas if it's coming off tape, if you've got an hour of video, it's gonna take an hour to bring it into a computer or copy it to something else. So it's not that practical for quick turnaround unless you can deal with a one-hour pit stop. Um, so, um, what's this note you're giving me here? I'm giving you a note. He's hopeless. He's hopeless with like, picking oh, up, yes, pick up on the scent here. The I, was, on the rebuild, uh, I do. I ordered new ones, but they won't be in for a week. <laughs> I've got to edit that out. be a first edit. No, oh, no, so. no. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> so... Now, just to, yeah. Tell us about we, the file formats that we need that 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 are that are good because I understand that, like, in a busy workflow, well, time you it's can money. save is 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 everything. So mm. if it takes an hour to put an hour of video, and well, I want to get it out quicker. How can I do that? Ah, okay. Well, there are some devices and software that can actually import the files that you've captured at DV25, which is the world standard for normal DV video and it can bring it in at two or four times real time so that's a, a quick way of getting stuff from one device to another um, it's kind of changed now with newer pieces out where they can actually record the hard disk as a normal file just as if you copied something from one disk to your hard drive that copying it back again takes the same time so so you offload that using FireWire or...? Yeah, using yeah. FireWire. So you 
you've, you've then got the, the speed associated with that to get that far. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think that's given everybody a bit of a, a starting point on that. We'll, 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 we won't bog down on that anymore. We'll come back to video in-car later. And um, at this point, it's probably worthwhile saying that the new website's up. It is. Radiohotlap.com. And uh, I think it's almost finished. Well, it was almost finished when I looked at it today. Johnny's been <coughs> working his butt off for the last week and a half. Not on that. I've been working on everything else, but I've been trying to but find a little bit of it. sandwiching that in in the evenings, you know, after a couple of bottles of red. So, yeah, it's a bit messy. <laughs> a couple of bottles okay. of red. Um, <laughs> about a case. No, it's, uh, it's <laughs> worth a look. Uh, all, the, all the episodes <coughs> of Radio Hotlap are up there. Uh, there's links to the iTunes Music Store. We've put um, the last four episodes up as MP3s because we've been getting a bit of request for that. I was just that. getting to that. Oh, sorry. I'll That's just shut the hell up. <laughs> but, we, but we figured that uh, those of you who don't want to necessarily uh, go to um, iTunes Music Store and you've got a PC and you just uh, want to play it on your computer, you can Or, or on, their, on their own. Or yeah. On your, yeah, if you've got a creative zen. Or on iRiver, you know, one of those. I got an email from Mike Seafang the other day, you know, Mike, and uh, saying, uh, look, I'm not going to convert this file to other file <laughs> formats and whatever. Like, you know, hey, I don't care either. So you either listen to it or you don't listen to it. It's a bit like porno. If you don't like it, turn off. <laughs> and so, uh, there's a nice photo of John up on the website. And he's put a crappy one of me up, but you know we won't go there. Yeah, well, it's up to nice you to pick. Nice photo of Russ, though. Yeah, no, our Russ's going to change. So she looks, she looks Russ. very, no, languishing, languishing dogs. Nice work. Very good. Look at that. I'm looking at auto fiction this week, and there's a uh, there's a picture of uh, of Mark Fogarty. Um, he's a weird bloke. Um, uh, uh, talking to Paul Little, and have a go at his recording device. It's like this. <laughs> he needs to get with it. Oh, gee. What, what is, is it? It's, it's something with a bee stick that's going to snap off right. on the end, that's for Very sure. Very weird looking. And, um, and there's, uh, there's our mate uh, uh, James Moffat's dad, Alan. Isn't there? Ah. James Moffat. Well, I like James Moffat. Well, we had a lot of fun this year. And, and he, uh, he, he's he got us. We've talked about this before. We just keep repeating ourselves. But he, yeah. he, I like him. He's a, he's a good bloke. And... Um, who knows what's gonna gonna happen? We next hate year. rehashing old news, but we don't edit, so you'll have to put up with it. <laughs> you have to just put up with us. <laughs> oh, actually, um, something which isn't old news, but uh, it is very sad news, and we actually mentioned uh, the the chap last week is the very sad passing of the 2001 World Rally Championship, Richard Burns. Yes. Um, Absolutely. I can't believe it. No, and uh, why were we talking about that last week? I was thinking to myself, well, like, you know. What's happened to Richard? He, he must be sort of getting right and everything. Well, that's, I mean, it looked like he was in rehab and everything was going well, and then you didn't hear anything for a while. And yeah, as John said last week, we sort of covered off the fact that you know that's very two, year, two years in motorsport is a long, long time, and people get forgotten. And yeah, and I yeah. only found out about this uh, this morning from um, uh, my uh, uh, recently um, uh, appointed uh, bag carrier to uh, to Europe and. Um, the uh, NEC Birmingham, Birmingham Autosport Expo, Linda Long, who's um, uh, apologised in an email for shocking me. And uh, hi, Linda. I know you'll be having a bit of a giggle. Yeah, hello, Linda. We know you're one of our biggest fans. <laughs> she, she's the only fan. Well, yeah, yeah. The only and, one who sends us decent emails. That's anyway. right. Anyway, yeah. So, um, Linda, like you know, well, it's, 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 look, you've, you've won yourself a trip to uh, to NEC Birmingham. Um, come along, but uh, you've got to yeah. Pay your own way, though. <laughs> 
It's a free trip, <laughs> you idiot. But no, that is very, very sad, and uh, it's, it it, I don't know why, why we why, why we had had that, had that conversation. And it is even more um, distressing to find that that Richard had pretty much been a guy who hadn't had a girlfriend most of his racing career, and it was only in the last six months of his of his of his racing career did he find love. And and I think he moved down to Mallorca or something like that he wasn't yeah, living in England and, and suddenly you know he had all the riches and why does it always happen to the lovely guys mm. always does I don't know this song. fellow um, who, who did he race for he was the, he raced for Subaru and he was the uh, the 2001 World, World Rally, Rally Championship, Championship. Ah, okay. we, we, we don't usually repeat ourselves but then again we don't edit either mm. for That's those right. who don't listen ok so, <laughs> yeah that was, that was sad yes moving right along yeah, very, very sad. Back on to the good news. Well, what is the good news? Well, good news, reverse grid for V8s on three mm. ra- uh, every uh, meeting that's got three races next year. Well, you haven't obviously spoken to any team so, manager this week. No, I know, they all hate it, but it's good, I reckon. For the punters and the fans, I think it's a great thing. It's going to be a beauty. I'm not sure from the carnage aspect whether it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing. Um... You've got, you're going to have a lot of uh, good guys who are going to be starting from midfield at, the, at best um, and trying to work their way back through to get the best pause for uh, race three. But um, it certainly opens up a big can of worms and, and, and creates some excitement in, in the uh, meetings that have got three races next year. Well, if we only have to cast our minds back to um, you know to 2000 and uh, when we went to the Greasy Meaty Cutlet 400 in, uh, in in Canberra, it was uh, a very a very uh, dubious affair trying to get in through Turn One, and uh, no, no one was uh, well, no one was even happy about being there. It couldn't get the tyres up to temperature even after 30 laps. So um, I, I I don't you know think that's going to necessarily be ratified. I, I don't know what they're thinking about doing that. I, I think the formula's working fine. Why do we need to go to this reverse grid setup? What do you think? I, I hadn't heard of it till you just mentioned it. So <laughs> that's because you're on radio. I hope we're breaking news here. So what's the deal? You qualify, and if you're fastest, you're at the back. Well, let, let me tell you how it works in the V8 Utes. Okay, so we have 32 cars. The top half of the field. Um, the top, the top half and the bottom half reverse if for the second race. So pole ah. sitter goes to thirteenth, sixteenth, uh, and sixteenth goes to, goes to first. Seventeenth to thirty second, thirty second to seventeenth. So splitting the field in half and then pushing the front ones to the back. Wouldn't and that encourage you to kind of qualify mediocre. Ah, now no, this is be in the middle. Race, you still you still run your first race normally. Yeah. And you still run your third race as an aggregate of the first and second. But but Kim's strategy is, is right on the ball here because you see that that is just the way a lot of people would want to play it because when you're doing a reverse grid race, you effectively, well, one can't be specifically generic about this, but you would say that there is less talent at the front than there is at the back, mm. and so that they're where you know steering wheel, horsepower, egos, they want to stay there, cameras, first time in their life, so they don't want to give away that position, and hence there can be a little bit more panel damage, ah. mm. so um, yes, you could, uh, wa- you, it could be strategic to want to be there at the, um, at the front for the second race, just to keep out of the carnage. Mm. I thought that somewhere there was a quote from uh, Russell Ingall about that, I heard. Um, he just said that he thought it was the easy... The strategy easy. I used this year definitely won't work, as to get to the front you'll have to be fairly aggressive. Russell Ingall, well, when isn't Russell fairly aggressive? 
Well, we just get that. So that is a quote out of uh, auto fiction, and, uh, and thanks for letting us uh, use that. Uh, sue us if you don't. We don't own anything anyway. Barbecue and a dog. So, uh, yeah. Hmm. What else? Um, I have to touch on this uh, subject uh, because it, it has been annoying me all week, and I'm not bashing, but uh, look, uh, it's not you guys specifically, but one has to question the value of Apple Care. <laughs> You've had something break. Oh, he's, <coughs> he's had his uh, he's broken his laptop about it, it's, it, it, one has to question about the level of spare parts that, that Apple is holding in this country in order to like, be able to support professionals who, who need equipment and can't afford downtime you're quite correct but I mean in Apple's defence they've moved from uh, a Singapore Singapore based model to a China based model for the spare parts that we get over here. But I don't care. Because no, I'm a customer. I, I'm working That's and I right. need my stuff done. And your, how would your video editing customer, you know, if, if Oasis down the road mm. had a day off with their machines, like how much are they tearing up? Oh, well, their top end edit suite books out at a thousand an hour. Okay. And is it okay. Mac based? Yes. And if, if, the, if the machines were dead, what, what would you do in a situation like that? Um, we actually pull something out of the showroom. Oh, sorry, John. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no I mean, we, we help out customers as well if they're if they're in a bind and they've got a lot of work to do, and we've got a warranty thing that we need to do. I mean, it's it's a sliding scale of what the issue is, mm. really and truly. And your and client base is a lot wider than John's than yours. Got an audio much. problem, um, and basically, I've said to him, "Well, yeah, I can understand your problem, but you know, service is flat chat at the moment." Um, we have had issues with uh, with spare parts supply, and even when we've got spare parts supply, some of the spare parts, that are, some, particularly some of the main boards we've had coming in, have been crook. Yeah, we've had the same. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I think that's part of the China supply. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, no, no disrespect to uh, to the good Chinese people out there, but um, and they since they the model moved from Singapore to China, the quality has definitely gone down until they get up to speed. Um, and I mean, it will get better, but I've just basically asked John that if he can survive with using something like a, a Griffin iMic through his USB port in the interim, mm. um, you know, we'll look at it in the quiet time after Christmas when he's not flat out, because I don't want to take his machine on board now and then leave him without it for two or three days while we're waiting on a part. Yeah, yeah, so we um, would do the same. And, you know, it, it makes it very, very difficult. And I can understand it from Apple's perspective. I mean, they're trying to compete with the PC market, um, and so you know everything's got a price, and you can't make that price too high. So you know, obviously, uh, factories in China have got to be the go. Um, hopefully, it can only just get better. Yes. Uh, yeah. So that's that's where I leave it. So there's there's your umbrage, John. You can. Uh, we recommend people keeping a backup on hand. So. If you earn a living by it, you need more than one machine. Exactly. Mm. And I think, you know, this is, it, it's very easy for people with just one machine that goes wrong to go, oh, it's my whole livelihood. It's also interesting how few... Um, yes, that'd be nice. Another drink. Like another you. I'll go and get them. Um, I don't you know might if you... have to open some bread or champagne. or I don't know. All right. Whatever. I don't know if you do this, but it's amazing how many customers I have that don't back up. So when something does fail, they are in absolute panic because they've got two weeks' worth of work that's trapped in the machine. They can't get it off, and they have no backup. 
So if they lose it, they've got to start from scratch. And we, we strongly recommend people use something to do backups, but not enough people do. Yeah, look, you're quite right. I, I'm not as, in, as, as data intensive as video, but what I've now has, and I'm, I'm a chronic non-backer upper, <laughs> but what I do do, do is buy myself Lassie Firewire 800 external 250s yep. regularly, Don't and good. then just put the stuff on there and just put them in the cupboard. Yeah. Because I just go, at the end of the day, all this media, it just takes so much time. Now, is we, that an okay strategy? Very good. We actually came up with an idea for a client once, and we've sort of expanded it to lots of clients, but people who are working professionally with their gear, and they're doing a job for a customer, and they said, well, I've got to back it up because they probably want me to rework this later on, is we suggest that they actually include that in the, in the quote that they're doing and saying, this is how much to do this job. If you want me to keep an archival copy indefinitely, it's another $400. And they actually buy a piece of hardware for that customer that sits on the shelf with a backup of their work. Mm. Um, that's a good way of going, so that you can pull it back online anytime. And I, and I suppose that with the way that, that you know, like internet network infrastructure is going, that, that it's not, uh, well, it's, it's obviously going to happen, but it can't be that far away, where we're going to be doing like network storage backups, where you know, here we're sitting on an ADSL2 connection at 24 megabit per second here, right mm. here in Norwood, like, um, and, and few parts of Australia actually have that. Yeah. We're very, very lucky to have that. that there, there is no reason why we couldn't send a large amount of data from here over to either of your premises yes. and store it on your XServe. Yeah. Because uh, fire is indiscriminate with data and storage. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Well, we go through that with customers on a regular basis. Well, on, on Boxing mm. Day. Jewish stock takes. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just the fact that fire is indiscriminate or so, so are uh, criminals. You know, it's no good having a backup on your premises um, if you haven't got anything off-site. Mm. Well, actually, um, theatres eventually here will go digital where the film will be downloaded. Uh, they're running them in Texas at the moment. Been yes, I read something about that. They've been doing it for about a year where rather than delivering cans of film they actually upload it via a server to a satellite and they do it in four packets so that nobody can intercept it and pull the thing down. <laughs> they use um, a military-grade encryption, 128-bit encryption, and they send it in four separate packages. And the cinemas in uh, Dallas or Houston pull that film down onto their server and they play it out through a digital projector. Um, and there's no film cans being delivered from uh, place to place. That's unbelievable. And apparently on big release films, like when a new Star Wars comes out, they don't ship them in one shipment. They well, send a bloke on a plane with two cans of film for half, first half of the film, and then a second flight, a guy gets the second half. Because they're so valuable that if anyone got their hands on them through yeah. lost luggage or whatever, um, they're worth millions. So um, that's how they break it up. But the idea of uploading and downloading and then doing digital projection which is the next big thing in theatres um, that's the way they're going to go and they've got one test site in Melbourne running um, Aha, I was going to say have we got anything here yet because I remember reading <coughs> excuse me reading an article that said effectively that that's the way things are going to go yeah um, so have a Pringle Pringle's my favourite thank oh, you oh there you go I'll have more than yeah, you can always it's grab a, a very American theme here, uh, Budweiser beer, Pringles chips. 
You know, the, we, again, we talked about this earlier, but for those who yeah. didn't listen, that the Pringles the containers are, are known as cantennas because you can put an 80211 transmission device in there and it amplifies it and it gets a much greater signal. Really? Yeah. Right. You learned something here? In on... the early if... days of wireless, they, you could actually <coughs> download some plans off the net to tell you how mm. to actually modify a Pringles cum to get well, the, the, the antenna. The youngster made it illegal now. Yeah. That's, if we peel the label off this, we could sell these for about $80. <laughs> it wouldn't be a Pringles container. <laughs> I'm glad the wine is still Australian, though. Yes, well, we've got a beautiful brands of Coonawarra 2001 Cab Sav. Uh, nice gold medal. Um, so, yes, should be very pleasant. Chuck a bit in, mate. You want some? Okay. Do you think you can buy Australian wine in Greenland? I don't know, but to, to that wonderful... Uh, viewer from Greenland who listens to us um, here's cheers to you and uh, if you uh, if you get any Australian wine in Greenland go to uh, go looking cheers. for uh, cheers brands well I'm um, I'm going to I'm going to be testing that theory because I was just talking to my uh, my good mate Alice Simpson today and uh, mate, uh, we're going skiing in Sweden Sweden After Sweden yeah so I'm just going to go and he's going to organise some other European nutcase motorsport mates and off we're going to go the, yeah, it should be fun there. Oh, mate, thanks for dropping around the uh, contribute through. Oh, I need that. Uh, the, the, the guys at Clips of 500 are driving me nuts with all the little updates, so that'll, uh, that uh, is a really excellent Macromedia product that um, stops me having to do all the little minute changes. What does this do? I've uh, never heard of it. It's, um, it's, it's basically a... Uh, it, it, it lets them edit the website without having to know anything about code whatsoever. And... The, 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 a lot of the pages there, you know, are, m most of the pages for this site are static pages because it's because of their workflow. It doesn't really lend lend the uh, lend the whole solution to be built on a database. Um, it just lets them get in and and it's like a browser in fact. But then they when the page come up, they can go edit. Really, and then the page comes up within there, and they can just like they would markup tools that they would see like Microsoft <coughs> Word and go and edit all the stuff. And I I lock out. Like image changes and things like I was that. Say, so otherwise that they, they can put you in compromising situations. Well, they're responsible mm. for those changes. But then they, what they can do is, uh, they can sort of go and publish it to a staging server, and then say and, and ask various people who might be in the in the in the publishing collaboration process to to review it before it goes live. So you might do the change, but you go, oh, I don't want to be the responsible for that real go live button. So you send it to JP and JP then looks at it and goes, no, no, you've done the changes right. And it goes live. Plus you can roll back in time multiple versions. So you like, it's like like in Photoshop, you have a history palette. Mm. It's the same like this with web pages. It keeps it keeps a track of the old ones. Ah. So it is actually quite a, quite a cool it's tool. A nice, nice bit of software. It, 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 it's simple. It's effective. Um, what's it worth, mate? Oh, no, 370 bucks. That's my discount. 269. Sounds quite good. Yeah. So anyway, that, that we'll get rid of that. that uh, chuck it on the dog's bed. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, well, it doesn't look like Rodney's going to be joining us, but um, no, it doesn't look like uh, I'm going to get Jack Ellsgood on the phone in in a, in a moment. He's, he's gone to the gym, and we're just going to have a have a bit of a chat and see what he thinks. What he, what, he what talks about his week. Jack's at the gym again. Wasn't he at the gym last week when we wanted to ring him? Well, what do you expect? Uh, you know, he's a he's a ex NRL uh, Roosters and Manly Warringah football player. Got a very successful, um, a um, very successful development property development company up in the northern beaches. Lives up at Newport. 
top bloke. Had a great year with him in the, in the Coopers race team. And a deeply obsessive fitness regime. I wouldn't say he's deeply, deeply obsessive at all. I just think he's probably been on the piss a bit lately and he just he feels like two weeks in a row he needs to go to the gym. <laughs> Can you say that? <laughs> oh, well, we don't need it. Bernie's sold out. Bernie sold off F1 to the MotoGP squads. Mm. How, about, how about that? That's very interesting news. And while it's... we're talking entrepreneurs... Um, Tom Walkinshaw's back in control of uh, HSV next year, it looks like. You think Scafie's probably going, oh, just it was all too hard? Mm. I believe Scafie still retains ownership, though. Um, but Tom will be managing it or, or running the whole show on his behalf or whatever. So that's, that's going to be very interesting. Did you notice the Ford ads this week after their um, their big win last weekend? They were, I can't uh, say I have, Tim, because I don't watch TV, but... Oh, this this was print in the newspaper today. It had a. Um, oh, I don't read papers either. But uh, <laughs> a BA Falcon with the bonnet slightly ajar and a lion's tail sticking out. Oh, very nice. That was a very clever ad, and they uh, wasted no time in no, making their point. Didn't. So mm. the creatives at Ford's ad agency, well done for that one. By the sounds of it, they're they're sort of following in the Clipsal Five Hundred uh, advert. <laughs> That's been uh, that's been very well received. I uh, I can't give away the specific numbers, but I looked at the server today, and there's been an enormous amount of downloads there off the iTunes Music Store. So, um, well, that's good to hear. Yeah, I did look at that. That's very positive. That that, that young people, no doubt, are, are embracing this new form of media, and I think that it's you know it's just a, it's just a starting point. Again, last week we talked about um, the the need for Apple to be able to start to think about providing a BitTorrent. Uh, client with their iTunes solution because people were just not being able to do video and we've seen some big early adopters like Digital Life TV and I was mm-hmm. hearing the guys on Twitter, mm. Patrick Norton saying this week that look this th- th- they're just not going to be able to do this anymore because they have to change that, that model so uh, and Raul and I were talking about that a little bit but at the end of the day like who owns who's at the top level of getting the data out there who owns the, the connection in the ground Hmm. It's um, it's uh, well, it's an interesting one. It, 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 I it, think it, you'll probably find that. Well, obviously they'd be mad if they weren't mad if they weren't working on a um, on a on a BitTorrent style client for non copyright uh, things. I mean, particularly now with the advent of, of podcasting and uh, and and podcast videos and things like that, which are which are free downloads anyway, essentially. Why would you need to keep that much control of them? Why couldn't you run with a BitTorrent-style client for mm. those? I can understand with uh, you know with with music where there are royalties or where there are TV shows uh, and there are royalties, but uh, no, it's going to be interesting to see what transpires in that area. Two thousand and six is uh, looking pretty good for the Utes, so we've got uh, eleven rounds or eleven uh, events we're going to be going to, and uh, the calendar's pretty much uh, sort of locked down. But we will be off to New Zealand for a non-championship round of February 3 um, and then starting the, uh, the the first round with Clips of 500 which is always a favourite for everyone yep. it's going to be a bit tough for everyone to go the following week to Melbourne for the Grand Prix two four day <laughs> events particularly uh, for the team yeah, particularly for the Leo Supercar guys you know and we, we have a little bit of chat about that and then there's going to be a non-championship event um, which is going to be run by this new CAMS made up uh, motor racing sort of uh, fraternity um, uh, in April so that, that, that looks fun, oh, yeah. fun as well at Bathurst. 
Bathurst. Yeah. So back to Bathurst in April. Bath, back to the Bathurst is races that Easter, of Easter. Easter races, which were traditionally yeah. motorcycle races. Mm. Does that mean we're going to get unsavoury characters? <laughs> I don't know. Well, they're generally unsavoury. Are you going? At the top of the hill, can I say that? Are you going? I doubt it. But, I mean, knows? but you're unsavoury. Well, I'm unsavoury and I was at Bathurst this year. But, uh... Yeah, so, and then the, basically the second round would be, be off to Oran Park. Round three, Winton. Round four, Hidden Valley with the supercars. Round five, Phillip Island. Round six, Queensland Raceway with cams. Uh, round seven, back to Indy. Um, and uh, round 11 uh, at Eastern Creek, which may well be a A1GP support, which, um, which possibly... Which may not be Eastern Creek. Well, that's right. So we might end up doing a, a street race. Uh, who knows, you know, and it's a long time between now and then. Now, again, the TV isn't uh, isn't confirmed, but, the, you know, the rumours are flying and, and, and Channel 10 hasn't really wanted to come to the party at all about this stuff. And, well, uh, aren't uh, Channel 10 expanding their V8 supercar coverage? Well, it appears to be. And so that goes back to the program we had about three or four weeks ago where we were actually saying, wouldn't it be good if another player came on board? Because maybe 10 are putting too many eggs all in one basket and motorsport, they just can't put that much motorsport on. Well, I think that that's right, and I, but I, I personally think that like it's there's oversaturation in V8 supercars, um, and and we've talked about the then before like how the the, the drivers are being overmediate. Uh, looks like the the Utes and, uh, and and the Aussie racing cars, and probably uh, I don't know about Carrera Cup, um, whether that's going to be out of there being a WPS signage. It's probably going to be on on the billing, but uh, it looks like there's a very positive deal for the Utes with um, with uh, the Nine Network and and Fox. And would you believe just in the last uh, 24 hours that uh, Channel 10 has been on the phone going, well, actually, we want to kind of start talking again. So whether there's play, yes. Uh, about the nine deal. Well, uh, well, they want to play, want to play hardball, and we're not interested. Like back down, and they know that everybody's got to do a, do do yeah, get some TV packet. So it's it, it's hardball negotiations. Mm. But at the end of the day, you know, I suppose it'll all it'll all work work out really well. Well, we'll just try and keep our finger on the pulse and keep the uh, viewers updated week by week as to uh, how the negotiations are going. Mate, uh, why don't you just uh, talk about nothing in particular while I get Jack on the phone? Well, that's a very good idea. Um, I probably should uh, touch on the other interesting things that uh, that have been happening around the place. Um, and we've we've touched on the uh, the v- more V8s for ten. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else to talk about. Well, I'll uh, tell you what we I need know. to talk well, about. We need to say goodbye to Kim because he's got to go out the door. Okay, I do, and, and, and we'll, uh, we'll 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 grab him later. Uh, for another another event. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. It was uh, it was a blast. I yeah. Uh, we love having enjoyed you enjoyed being here. And, uh, it, 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 uh, thank you very much. And it's, it's great for you to provide all that uh, really interesting information about uh, in car cameras. And uh, I, we hope that, that that people have some some questions on the new uh, radio hotlap website there are some feedback forms there where you can tell us that we're complete losers or you can tell us <laughs> what you think you want to do we even put set up a dare i say a donation page if you want to send us a few bucks because it does cost a fair bit to uh, do all this bandwidth doesn't it jp it certainly does and we keep doing it every week in the hope that you know eventually we'll become Actually, uh, poor and not famous if there are video questions i'd be happy to answer them if they want to post them up there well there you oh, go that'd, nice. that'd, that'd be great just a state thing i mean let's just how much does a microphone like this cost, Kim? Uh, well, it depends what you buy, but um, this particular one... Uh, <laughs> we they, bashed them last week. <laughs> they retail at $400, but can be bought for less. Yeah, and It's a just... very high-quality, made-in-Australia microphone. Is that right? It, it just, it, I honestly looked at it. I, I didn't think it was an Australian. I thought it would no. be a European product. Made in uh, Sydney by Rode, and uh, 
Now, I understand that Rode do quite an uh, extensive range of microphones. Somebody they, was telling they're me they're the other huge. They're, they're oh, top, Graham Garden. Their um, top range model are actually valve microphones. Really? Uh, built like they were in the, in the 40s and 50s, and they are the best-sounding vocal mics you can buy. Um, used by major recording studios in North America, Europe, UK. They're, they're kind of world-famous. So they're just huge things. Yeah, they're so quite you could big. Only use them in a recording studio, <laughs> yeah. really. Yeah, right. But um, they started with two models, really, really high quality, and kind of made a cult reputation, and then expanded from there. So it's a good company. Yeah. Look, the, the whole area of audio, let alone microphones, is just bewildering. So maybe we'll um, we'll get you back for a bit of a chat about microphones. Sometime. Sure, that'd yeah, be good. That'd be Great, awesome. Kim. I'll Thanks, bring uh, bring others. Thank you for the lovely right. wine and the. Uh, Hospitality, I enjoyed it. Mate. No worries, thanks for coming. See you down. again. Good on you. Thanks, mate. Thanks, All right, Tim. we'll get Jack on the phone. Two yep. sex. Good idea. Hey, why don't we get Jack Elsgood on the phone? Diddle, 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 diddle. Hey, that'll be Jack Elsgood. Hey, Jack. <laughs> hey, Johnny, how are you, mate? Yeah, good. Uh, when I, I've got uh, my regular co host uh, for Radio Hot Lab, JP, on the phone. How are you, Jack? Good, mate. Yourself? Very well, thank you. That's the way. Hey, mate, what's all this Wednesday action in the gym? Oh, look, you know. Putting big days at the office and need to get rid of some sort of stress, so I normally head down the gym straight after. You're going back to footy, are you, mate? Nah, no way. Uh, <laughs> no way. Yeah. To get ready for next season, so um, yeah, might as well start now. So you're just keeping in shape between uh, between seasons, Jack? Yeah, you don't need a lot, obviously. To much, fit, well, I don't think you need that much fitness to, to race a car, but um, you know, you always feel better after you after you've trained, but, uh, yeah, I'd like to, like to do as much as I can. Cool. Mate, uh, watching the uh, the TV last weekend, it looks like you're uh, you're up for a bit of a long jump uh, uh, hurdle. Mate, did you see that? <laughs> oh, how was that? Over that wet wet patch and right in oh, there. That was a beauty. I, I got out of the car and I could see there was just puddles everywhere. <laughs> and there, was, there wasn't a, a break at all and I'm just going, oh no, the car's going to be coming around soon and the, uh, the flag is going to be kicking and screaming, so I, um, I ended up having to take a bit of a bit of a jump and managed to clear it, thank God. We were all <laughs> a real goose on TV landing in the middle. Well, apparently it was a new world record for a V8 race. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> it was very good, mate. I uh, I spoke to a team boss, uh, uh, Ian. I've eaten too many pizza slices, McAllister, uh, recently to today, and he, he didn't have a clue about what was going on next year. Well, look, no point asking me because I'm asking him. <laughs> well, he said, "Let me know." He said, "Let me know if you hear anything." So I don't know where we're going there. Oh, look, I think at this stage, well, I spoke to him today as well, and he mentioned that um, uh, Craig uh, Denier and, and Bill West were heading over to New Zealand towards the end of the week just to um, to firm up, firm up what's happening over there. And as far as the uh, television package is concerned, I think that's all yet to be yet to be finalised. But I think things are you know looking pretty good. Um, as far as the calendar is concerned, I think we're going to be doing the um, four rounds with the Vesco and five with the Cam series. So I think it'll be, uh, um, and also the, the television package that they're talking about is going to include twice as much airtime, and also they're possibly a, uh, maybe something with like a Fox Tell or thereabouts. So uh, for the viewer, I think it's going to be a much better package. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been working with Bill, with Bill and Craig to come up with the right uh, hardware to put in the race cars so we have um, in-car footage being recorded into like a, a hard disk recorder. Naturally, it'll be, it'll be good for the um, good for the fans, but uh, it'll also be a bit of a judicial product as well. So I reckon, you know, that'll, that'll extend the, uh, the excitement for everyone. Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, the in-car cameras are, they normally pick up a lot of things that you don't normally see from the track cameras, but um, I only know too well they can also bring you undone with the stewards. Uh, <laughs> a few years ago, like, cost you a thousand dollars or thereabouts to have a camera in your car, and then the stewards call it out and say, right, oh, you're in trouble, here's an old fifteen hundred dollar fine. So they can work uh, fairly harshly against you as well. Mate, uh, is that is that it for next year for you? I mean, in terms of, is it Utes? Or you, you'd sort of put your hand up thinking, you're know, having a bit of a sniff around Carrera Cup, or is it, it's just a, it's a case of economies, really, isn't it? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Look, oh, I was racing a historic car uh, this year, and the owner um, was thinking about selling it. He still may do that. Um, but if he doesn't, look, I'd love to drive that around again next year. And... Um, Obviously, I'm a new, so yeah, looking to, to do that as well. And um, look, I also need to step it up, so maybe a, a one-off drive, or uh, you know, perhaps maybe the development series, or a, or a Porsche, just a couple of races here and there, just to try and, I suppose, get myself used to for the for the year after, because the year after next year, I really 2007, I really need to. If I want to go anywhere, I really need to step it up and, and move, get into something quick. Where where would you like to see yourself going? Oh, look, everyone has aspirations to get to the V8, and um, I'm no different. Um, yeah, I think the biggest hurdle uh, in getting there is, is opportunity. Uh, unless you've got a pocket full of cash or, um, you know, you, you know someone in the know, opportunities are very hard to come by. And, um, you know, I'm confident enough that if I, if I, if I do get uh, the right opportunity at the right in the right car, put together a couple of good lap times, well then, you know, something may eventuate. This is a conversation we had a couple of weeks ago with Damien White after we, after his uh, a win of the, the uh, back-to-back championships, um, and he said, look, he received, um, you know, uh, emails and, and letters from people saying, look, we'd love you to come and do this, but it's going to cost you $1.2 million to do this, and it's going to cost you 500 to do this, and... You know, uh, the, the whole game is turning into be a little bit overly commercialised. Yeah, well, unfortunately, that's just the way it is. But, um, you know, there's a, there's a couple of drivers in there that have managed to make it through, I suppose, just some corporate contacts. And, um, look, that's what I'm hopefully trying to, you know, put something together. You know, with my background in football, I've come across a fair few big companies and uh, people in in the right roles within those companies but the hardest thing is mostly those people that I come across they're you know they're throwing all their money into the league because that's where they want to be and uh, motorsport you really need to find someone that's really passionate about the sport and prepared to throw uh, you know plenty of cash at it uh, and on top of that there's I mean I'm trying to do it there's thousands of others doing, doing exactly the same thing so not only is it competitive on the track it's just as competitive off the track to try and get a budget together Mate, it really is very much now a team a team sport in, in more ways than one in that it's not just the driver and the mechanics, but it's the whole PR thing and the relationships you have with the corporate sponsors because as, as I went to Glenn a year ago and, and didn't know him and said, hey, mate, we need to extend the brand value of Coopers apart, uh, away from just the racetrack and the little bit of TV and magazine coverage into something you know more, more, more profuse like, like Webb, the whole thing's got to happen with everybody. And I, I mean, I hope that everybody sort of has sort of watch what we've been doing this year and can have taken that on board and go, hey, look, this is extending their brand. Oh, that's right. I mean, you, you, you can't provide, you know, exceptional, um, oh, I suppose, exposure uh, on a shoestring budget, but, uh, you know, 
if you with the, with the right type of budget, uh, you know, a sponsor can get above and beyond, um, you know, what their uh, you know, or for their investment anyway. Yeah, mate. Uh, look, uh, after the Tasmania, I reckon we might have a sponsor in the uh, the Launceston Police because they were pretty keen to get us to the pub quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were, weren't they? <laughs> it was a great night. Uh, we, um, we, uh, Alan and I flew back with Gavin Bullis in the plane, and uh, I'm glad they weren't doing any breath testing. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, mate, even you without a few beers, your breath's pretty terrible, isn't it? Oh, there you go. <laughs> You've <laughs> noticed, Jack. <laughs> so, mate, next weekend, what are you doing? Getting sideways on the dirt? Yeah, head down to uh, Geelong. Uh, Wade Orange's uh, run the, the um, spring car series. And uh, he asked me if I want to go down there and have a bit of a spin around the track in, in a spring car. So, um, yeah, if I'm going to say no to that. So I'm heading down there on the Saturday night just to watch the, the racing. And then on the Sunday... Um, I get to have a drive in the afternoon. Is that the like the big the big grunters with the methanol? The big grunters, eight hundred horsepower. Oh, there you go, mate. Well, you're a, you're a dirt bike guy, you know. If you just put the left leg out and, and just turn right to go left. That's it. <laughs> and Gary Baxter's what? coming down too. Sorry. I think Gary Baxter's coming down too. Yeah, I think he, I, I heard that. So you know, it'd be good to see another you drive out there. If you don't do any good, he'll be using his black belt skills to get you out of the race car. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, uh, look, thanks for the chat, and uh, hopefully we'll get down and see you next week. No worries, boys. Terrific. All right. Yeah. Cheers, bud. Terrific. Thanks, yeah. Jack. Yeah. Oh, good. Don't know what... Uh, yeah, it was good. It's always good. Uh, mate, Geelong Festival of Speed next weekend? Yes, next weekend. Gee, it's come up quick, hasn't it? How quick has this year gone? Oh. I just... I, I'm, I'm going, how, how are we going to get through next year? Like, well, I'm starting to wonder myself, because there's been just... You know, you start compounding all the things that are happening. And, I mean, this CAM series is going to be very interesting too, I think. Uh, you know, now we've got uh, we've got those races slated. Um, There's a few places we're not going. Well, we're not going to Manilar this year, which has upset me a uh, bit. That, that is, that's a bit of a, that's a bit, it's a bit unfortunate, like, for, from the Cooper's point of view. And, I, I mean, I might, mind you, what we'll be Home doing... territory and all. We'll be doing, we'll be doing, like, looking at it across the board. I mean, we've got to be Switzerland. But... Yep. But uh, this is the only opportunity where we can sort of get uh, corporates uh, and rusty sausage. What's up there, dogs? Look, look at it. There's something up there. She's really got it's a on scent. The big stretch oh, it's something. the big sniffy sausage. Oh, something up there. Um, and uh, yeah, the Malala is really the only place where we can sort of get people um, uh, in the race car because Clipsal uh, is, is is very difficult to do. But I was thinking, and and uh, that. Maybe we should do a, a bit of a corporate do um, there uh, a, the week or a few days before at Malala before Clips of 500 because, hey, there's an eight-day testing ban, but if we're not racing at Malala, exactly. then we're not testing there. I think that that's a fantastic idea, uh, pre-Clipsal. Um, yeah, because there's a few things that could possibly happen in that direction. Um, and I'm not, I'm not too fussed about not going to Wakefield Park. It's a bit of a dust bowl. Yeah, well, that's probably okay. Um yeah, I mean, all these camps races, who who else is racing at, at these events? Is it, do we know for, for a fact that it's Porsches? Uh, it, as I understand, I, I know, there, the, I believe that there is going to be Porsches, but they're going to be the hand-me-downs from whatever is the current 2005 Carrera Cup series, and there's going to move into some sort of Porsche naming sort of thing. Uh, at Bathurst, we're going to ha- there's going to be Aussie racing cars and the Australian GT Championship. Which so uh, the GT Championship, I think, goes hand in hand with the Utes. Well, I, I'm really pleased to see that stuff come back again. I think people want to see these exotics running around a bit. Well, especially if it's good racing. I mean, you know, the the GTs that were on this year, I think it was good racing. It, it was, yeah. 
So, mm, interesting year ahead. See what happens. Uh, it's not that we know anyone in that sort of thing. And and, and I think the, the the production the production goal, the GT performance racing or whatever you call it these days, you know, the the Evo eights versus the WRXs and the, the blah blah blah. They they're a, they're a bit refuge. They're a refugee as well, sort of like they're just looking for um for TV coverage, and they don't have much in the way of um uh, of. Of, of numbers, they really need to bolster the numbers. But but that, what a, what that's a very difficult category to create parity. And when you when you think about it, look at all the other categories around. Everyone's actually simplified it by. And the yeah, GT will be a hard one, yeah. but that that would be the hardest. But you know, you're either going with a control tyre, or you're going with a control engine, or a control chassis and stuff like or that. Or you've only got Ford or Holden to worry about. It's, uh, you know, everything else is relatively simple. So. Uh, yeah, GTP will be a nightmare. Um, well, GTP is used to call it. Well, it? yeah, you can't call it GTP anymore. But uh, no, it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out. Uh, I, I guess that we'll be hearing more and more on the, during the off season. Um, we will, especially together. we will be hearing a lot more from um, International Paulie, and uh, we'd just like to say uh, happy birthday, International yeah, Paulie. Happy birthday, Paul. Uh, over there in uh, Bury St Edmunds, uh, checked out his place today on Google Earth. How good's that Google Earth? Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, there's a new upgrade to you can emulate it. You can, but it's still a pain in the ass. Can you say so, that? Yeah, I can't say that. And Google, will you get your act together and get a Mac version happening, please? It's supposed to, it's it's nearly been as long a saga as the uh, iTunes Music Store for well, Australia. Well, guys, I've always said that five percent of the population that use Macs create the content the other ninety-five percent look at. That's not my problem. <laughs> but anyway, that's it. We're the creators and they're the deliverers. So that's it. I think this just about wraps it up, mate. So, uh, I think you're right. Barbies, think, Barbies, we yeah. can smell it. Barbies on, yeah. Dogs are going. Dogs have, are going. Uh, if you were uh, if you were viewing or listening the uh, two weeks ago when Classic Adelaide was on and uh, we were talking about these mega huge deluxe ribeye steaks, well Johnny's gone out and uh, spoiled us both tonight. So I'm hanging around for a Barbie after uh, after we finish Radio Hot Lap. And mate, yeah, <laughs> how big wow, are these little? They mate? are amazing. They'd be about three inches thick. What do you reckon weight-wise? Weight-wise, seven or eight hundred. Have to be seven or eight hundred. At least seven hundred plus. Yeah. They were three yeah. of them. Were fifty-one bucks. Fifty-one bucks. And I got three. a five percent discount. The guy wasn't happy. Wow. Oh, the I'm dogs is here. To, uh, getting them on that Barbie and uh, sitting down and chomping in. So. They uh, look. They cook down. Cook really well. Uh, they just simply used as we said before. Turn them once. Yeah. All nice and low. Right. And. Uh, and you we'll don't need a... to oven them afterwards? No, not at all. Just no? wrap them in foil. Oh, It'll be all gorgeous. Fantastic. Well, I think we'll uh, go and sling these on the barbie and say goodnight to everybody. <laughs> well, Rust is definitely sort of coaxing us <laughs> hanging around Ru there. Rust's under my feet while I'm holding this delectable piece of meat. So make sure, everyone, you have a look at uh, RadioHotLap.com. Um, I think we've got most of our emails and our bits and pieces there. You can send some feedback. Rail's working hard on it when he gets in in the morning and well, in the afternoons because he doesn't and get in. And some feedback really would be nice. We are getting feedback. We, it's just we just we need just, some positive feedback. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> Greg Egan, you too. We don't think we're getting enough feedback. So, you know, we're... I think that's an Australian thing. You see, Americans are very keen to feedback in there because, yeah, you know, like, give yeah, me an A, yeah. give me a D, mm. uh, Adobe. Blah, and the Aussies just go, oh, those couple of wankers having a beer again. And uh, that's fine. So, uh, whatever, you know, whatever you think. That's it. All right. Okay. Good night, viewers. Good night, viewers. Good night, JP. <laughs> Good night, Good night, Good night Rust. Good and night, uh, Rust. see you at the Qantas Lounge, Linda. Bye. Okay, thanks.